All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Special One Cards. Um, to those who have continued to listen, I really appreciate it. To the new folks, thank you for coming in to listen. Remember to subscribe, like, share the podcast uh, wherever you can, obviously. Helps me grow the audience, obviously. Haven't seen um, the growth I was expecting. I guess that could be, that's probably the wrong set of words to use. But um, hopefully, you know, this continues to grow. Uh, I think it will uh, with time, obviously. I also wanted to be transparent as possible here in terms of the episode. This episode was supposed to come out yesterday. I was supposed to upload it on Friday. I decided to change things. Um, I decided to re-record because as some of you know, I came to Dallas for the show. I only spent about uh, two and a half hours there yesterday on Friday. So my experience with the show is because I had to get some work done at the hotel. Um, I'm traveling to, to Vegas for work. So, But I spent two and a half hours there. I was a little overwhelmed. I'd been to a show bigger than this, but it was a little overwhelming in terms of the amount of tables and where do I begin, where do I start? And I'll kind of navigate through that at some point during this episode, but wanted to re-record the episode. I just felt it was uh, probably better in terms of the content I can kind of share and what I grabbed on day one over the two and a half hours, what I was looking for, my plan of attack and things of that nature. So let's talk a little bit about that. So Dallas Card Show, big event, big show. I was surprised at how big it is. I didn't picture it in terms of what I saw. And it was a large event. I spent um, about two and a half hours there yesterday, like I said. Not enough time, obviously. I spent a majority of time looking in value boxes of certain uh, dealers, primarily the guys with soccer and hockey. A lot of the hockey stuff I looked through, I couldn't really find any big steals. I found a few small items that were pretty good. But in terms of soccer, I did find some good spots um, in some good areas. And I even found some lacrosse cards. Um, I picked up three lacrosse cards. They're about 50 cents a piece. I picked up a Paul Rabel, uh, Upper Deck, World of Sports, All Sports. It's a patch card. It's from 2010. I also picked up a Paul Rabel numbered 47 out of 550 um, from the same set as well. So like a clear cut kind of clear competitions, clear competitors it's called from that set. And also Casey Powell. So two very... Uh, kind of let's call them legendary or important players to the lacrosse community. Um, and then I looked on eBay, obviously, and there's, there's one of each listed uh, for about $98. So they haven't sold, but that doesn't mean that that it won't sell, right? Then on my hockey purchases uh, from the same kind of 50-cent boxes, I found the Parker's Prominent Prospects, Alex DeBrinkett, the foil version, the sparkle version, PP17 is the... Um, number on the card and I found a kind of a cool ovation premier prospects from last year's extended edition Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders just a nice little card that I can probably throw in a break uh, when I do him if I end up doing some more hockey breaks or some singles I can sell out of those 50 cent boxes I also did grab two soccer cards I grabbed a Dempsey a Clint Dempsey 14 2014 prism pretty nice card for 50 cents why not and also a Dijon Kulazevsky a mosaic red pulsar, which for 50 cents, there's no, nothing crazy, no big deal about that. I then went to another deal. I found another box uh, with some value soccer, found some more Rainier Jesus, 
um, the old, uh, well, he's a, he's a Real Madrid player on loan at, at Girona, uh, played for Dortmund last year. I still believe in the kid. I found an atomic refractor out of Merlin number 250 for $2. I found a Sapphire SP, another one to add to the uh, pile that I'm accumulating. SP from Sapphire. So um, grab those as well. And I still believe in the kid. And I was having a discussion. Some people were asking me, like, why, well, why, what's your take on buying him? Why are you buying him? One of the things about him that I particularly like about him is not only the style of play and how talented he is, but Real Madrid refuses to give any team where he goes on loan the the buyout option. So Benfica really wanted him at the time in the summer transfer window, and I followed that closely because I was hoping they'd get him. But they uh, Real Madrid refused to allow Benfica to purchase him after the season. That kind of signifies one thing to me is that Real Madrid believes in the kid that they know he's talented and that they want to keep him on their books so kind of a little underlying as to why possibly you keep or buy some of his stuff for the long term right it's you know again low uh low risk high ceiling then I picked up uh four cards from a value box all four for twenty dollars which was crazy I got a Nico Collins um contender's Rookie ticket for football, the Texans receiver that I really like. I got a, a Gennari Golovkin a patch a patch rookie out of uh, Allen Ginter, um, 2016, I believe. Really cool card. I have a few of his PSA 10, obviously, the cards, um, the base ones that I graded. I sold one of them, um, and I did pretty well on it. So um, kind of a nice card to add to the PC, I guess, to have. Then I grabbed the Nani from Select Euro 2020 Auto. Really beautiful card. It's called Historical Significance um, from the Historical Significance subset, right? Number HS-N Nani Auto. Really nice card. Uh, really appealing to the eye. And then, as a matter of fact, in the same kind of boxes, I found an Obsidian Aurora, Yarami Pino, number to 149 auto so i got those four for 20 bucks so my goal today is again to do the same thing go through some value boxes find some plays this is my last day here i was only here you know i'm traveling to vegas tomorrow so i can't i gotta be smart with my time so i will be looking for more stuff in terms of value plays and stuff where you can kind of have an opportunity to make some money or even if you're just collecting where it's something that you want to have for your collection that's just as important as, let's say, flipping or moving things to sell to fund other projects that you might have in your collection. So um, another topic I wanted to talk to you about today, and Dallas so far has been great. I've met a few folks, Sunday League Investors, uh, Brian, I met a few other folks. So it's been great thus far. Queso Cards, I met him as well last night. It's been nice to put faces with uh, our IG names, right, and um, have those discussions with people. Some really nice stuff. A lot of the stuff at in Dallas here, I'm not looking in the display cases for a reason. One, either the stuff is priced to market or it's priced over market. So there's no upside or no opportunity there to make any plays, so-called plays. My plays, as you know, I am in the realm of low risk, high reward, high ceiling. So, um, and I do see some transactions happening um, in that space, but I just, my perspective on some of those cards, I see Holland everywhere. A lot of sellers. I think there's more sellers than buyers, which is interesting. And I think it's because a lot of the sellers bought that stuff at a high 
high number originally, which at the same time, people aren't, people aren't in a situation. If you're a seller of a Holland card like that, you're probably better off just holding it at this point. Um, I don't know how much more that stuff can go up. I really don't. It's already high as it is. So it's kind of, you know, what do you do here? Do you sell it? Do you move it? But again, there's more sellers than buyers for it. Uh, and I think it's because buyers are becoming smarter. They're identifying where the opportunities might be instead of taking gambles on a player that may see a small potential rise and you, you spend a lot of in, in your, you know, you increase your risk on a big card like that. Um, three, fourfold, you, you could put yourself into a position that you don't want to be in. So that's something to watch out for. So I'm, you know, I'll take a look at display cases. I shouldn't say I'm ignoring them, but I'll take a look at them and see what, what's out there. There's also been a lot of interesting slabs and value boxes, although I don't know if we'd really call them value because those slabs are priced, I think, to market. Um, I haven't tried to negotiate for any of them. I may today. We'll see. Um, they could be potentially nice giveaways for uh, future breaks and things of that nature. So, um, which kind of leads me to the next discussion on base and why base matters and why I think it will have a relevant play at some point for many of us that do keep base or whatever you do with it. Base matters. I'll tell you why a few different things. If you think about the history of sports collecting cards or collecting cards, you'll notice that every time there's a boom like this or every time there's kind of a market shift, you notice that base kind of gets, let's say, ignored or um, trashed, thrown away, donated, um, whatever it may be. Um, and what happens once another boom hits again or another kind of market adjustment where the market adjusts and the market gets hot again? We see base climb again. That's important. Uh, and why it's important. So I'm going to be transparent. I've sent some base to SGC to grade just to hold some of the Chrome stuff from this year. I've graded some of it. Um, Again, low risk, you know, I spent what, $24 on grading the card, I throw it in there. Um, and again, at 30 bucks, I think with base, I'm not sending the PSA. Although now with their new uh, $22 submission, I'm probably gonna go there with some of the base, especially long-term. So the base is important because, you know, I guess, again, you may be doing this, I've done it in the past and I've done it occasionally here and there, thrown base out, donated it, whatever you're doing with it. Um, in some cases, People are just throwing them in their commons boxes. So that leads to a few different things. So you have the population will be decreasing, right? Not necessarily graded population, but kind of population of available base cards. Okay. So think about what I just said there, population of available base cards. You'll notice on eBay, for example, I've kind of done a search of things and I don't see a lot of base being listed, which leads me to a few different conclusions. One, it's being destroyed. Two, it's being donated to wherever. So when it's donated, what happens? People throw them in team bags, no sleeves, no nothing. They get damaged, whatever. They bring joy to somebody who opens the packs, uh, uh, you know, wherever, whatever they're doing with them. Um, so I think base is a strong play. Um, you know, mint base will be reducing, obviously, the availability of it, what's available. And this is not like a one-year or two-year or three-year play. We're talking like maybe five, ten years down the road. So think about that for a second. The other aspect of the base that you're looking at, so you have some really good second-year players in second-year cards of players in some of this base stuff. The Pedris, the Jude Bellinghams, the Kamavingas, the Musialas, the um, – I'm probably missing some guys. Fabio Vieira guy I like. Um, 
Victor Osamine, who else? Just take any of those guys, right? And think about second year cards and why they're relevant. Second year cards are relevant for a few reasons. One, years down the road, people aren't going to care, or excuse me, wrong term, people can't afford rookie cards of certain players at that point. So they go on to the second best thing. Second best thing is normally their second year card. Now, I see, I've see i seen this in the other markets, football, basketball, even hockey. Now I'm kind of playing in that space with Ovechkin's, Connor McDavid second-year cards. I'm going to start playing with the Sidney Crosby stuff too as well. So I think those bring opportunities. You can't afford a Young Guns Ovechkin, or I can't afford one. I mean, I could, but do I want to spend that money? Probably not right now. I'd rather buy some second-year Ovechkin's at a really small price point. I think, you know, $1 to $3 or even Connor McDavid, right? You can grade that stuff. They, a lot of them tend, especially the SP Authentic stuff from Connor McDavid's year, and they'll sell for $150 to $200 easy every time, every time. So um, I think we're going to see this in soccer too, and I think that's going to be important. It's going to matter years down the road. Again, this is a long play, not something that's going to uh, make you rich or something that's make you profitable in the next month or two or the end of the season. So this is something to kind of suggest you put away. Maybe it's stuff for your kids later on that you have kind of you can pull out and show them really cool. Got a son on the way. So for me, it's going to be kind of cool to do that and start to kind of accumulate some things that way for them for the future. So I think that's important um, to look at, guys, and consider. And I know some of you guys collect certain players and you guys are already doing this. So you guys know you guys are ahead of most people. So being ahead on that front is important. Um, I think during this time, some of us have lost the idea of what collecting means and saying, oh, I only want numbered Gavi, I only want numbered Pedri, I only want numbered Fabio V8, I only want numbered Darwin Nunez. You know, there's other opportunities that you can look at at a cheaper price point that could benefit you long term. So think about those things when you guys are looking at, you know, some of your base. Um, I've started to recently take some of the base. I sleeve them up, I put them in a box, and I kind of forget about them. I'll give you a perfect example. Two years ago, Tops had a uh, Shohei Otani um, insert, right? I found one the other day. It was sleeved up. It was in a box, not even in a top loader. That card's like a $150 card now. Uh, so, you know, you find gems like that uh, that you can turn into opportunities. Obviously, I'm selling that Otani, um, but you can turn those things into opportunities to help fund other things. So, Think about that for a second. Make sure you guys are sleeving. Even Chronicles, the example I use is, is Panini Chronicles Soccer. I sleeve all the rookies. I put them away. I don't care. Some of them I top load too, especially the parallels. Those are important to do. So, and having access to the kind of the retail Chronicles that I've had of this year, um, I've bought not a lot, but a decent amount to sleeve and put stuff away because there's some good guys in there. And as you know, in the past, we see Chronicles stuff kind of pop off because normally a lot of those guys that are moving to the bigger clubs and the bigger leagues, they're coming from the not smaller leagues, but smaller teams that don't have uh, cards in some of the primary sets that we collect. So consider that and, and make sure you guys take that into account when you are opening any of that stuff and putting it away and any base. All right. So just a quick kind of hint or tip for you for the future. If you're not, Again, if you're buying a pack, a pack, uh, let's say a solo pack of Chronicles, three, three packs and a solo pack, 
uh, and you're pulling uh, probably eight or nine rookies out of those, it doesn't hurt you to sleeve those up, put them away, and, not, and just kind of forget about them and then come back to it later on because you'll remember if you have a specific particular card. So, so that's kind of my discussion today on base, why base matters. Um, another thing to think about uh, in terms of, of that, you know, and I understand people donate stuff, but, and donating is great. I'm all for it. But donate your other your other stuff. Maybe you have like 50-year cards of Kevin De Bruyne that are not, you know, that you don't love or you don't collect. That stuff is, is great. People get joy out of opening that stuff. So, all right. So next uh, topic, uh, one, rook, one kind of um, guy I want to look at today um, in the French League. We're going to go back to the French League. I wanted to do an additional one, but we'll do one a week maybe probably. If there's two to look at, we'll talk about two. But I want to talk about Tarem Igbor Mafi. Um, excellent player. He's 23 years old. He plays for FC Lorient. We're relatively unknown. He's a Nigerian national. Plays. Uh, he's a teammate of Victor Osamans, obviously. This year, he started really strong again. He's got five goals in six games. He had 22 goals and six assists over his last 69 appearances over the last two seasons over at uh, FC Lorient in the French League. So... He's come out strong, like I said, with those five goals and six games already this year. He is six feet tall, extremely athletic, strong build. So he's got that build of a striker, but he's got the strength and he's got the size and he's got the speed necessary, a really well-balanced kind of player in the mold of what you're looking at um, for a potential striker that could be really well, really do well. Tremendous acceleration and speed. He is a left-footed forward. One of the really unique things about him, and I've watched him a few times this year, he is his tremendous work rate on pressuring defenders to make mistakes. So what I mean by that is we're talking about a guy who, or a striker that normally, um, strikers that work hard in terms of intercepting balls from defenders, when, defend, when a defender is trying to make a pass outside the back to move the ball up front, he averages kind of an astounding, a staggering um interceptions last season per 90 minutes. That's crazy. That's a huge number. It shows really high work rate. The only knock on him is he's not a superb link-up player, um, but in chance creation, he is excellent. So depending, I think he suits a system where he's the lone striker, but if there's two strikers, he works really well as playing as a second striker in a system like that. But again, I think he is a superb... um, Chance creator. Uh, so if he's got some wings that are coming up the sides, he can create for them. But not a potentially great link-up player. And then he'll grow with that. He's relatively unknown, relatively new. Kind of went to the Belgian League, did really well there, and then Lorient picked him up. So a guy to look at. He does have a um, he does have a rookie, and it's a sticker. It's in twenty one twenty two. France foot, the yellow ones that you'll see. I think it's number, I want to say 160. I could be wrong. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head because I had recorded this previously on this on this piece on this rookie. So take a look at him. Um, again, you know how I feel about stickers and why they are important, but then why they become less important when you're investing. And you may have the idea that investing in stickers for the long term is a good play it is a good play actually i think investing in the long long term for a sticker for a rookie is a good play the short term it's not especially once their cards come out 
if you can move it before the card comes out, then you're going to do well. If you don't, then you get stuck with it till till the future. So um, take a look at his sticker. It's in um, Panini Foot um, from the French League. I think it's number 160. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. Just look up his name, Tareem Igabor Mafi, all right, or otherwise known as Tareem Mafi. Really excellent player that I've kind of watched um, and potentially could become a really good good player as he matures. So um, we're looking for the next Diadir Drogba, obviously. So, um, yep. So next I uh, want to talk about before I kind of uh, – break this episode up uh we do have a break coming up hopefully later this week uh probably friday or saturday next week coming up um of stadium club chrome i have a case of it i'm gonna do a six box break at 80 bucks a spot random teams um tremendous price no one's gonna beat that price um so if you're interested shoot me a dm reserve your spot i do require payment up front for this so you can make the payment um, that way, but I'll get your spot reserved. And we'll normally what we do is we randomize the teams. We'll do a duck race. We'll put the teams in the duck race. We'll take the order of where they finished along with the number that you picked of the 1 to 18 spots and match it up there. Now, the other thing about that break is that I'm going to give Barcelona away. So if you buy into the break, you get a duck in the duck race for the other duck race to get Barcelona for free. So... um Presents a huge opportunity because uh, I know Barcelona half case breaks are probably what two hundred, hundred seventy five dollars for that spot. So, really a nice kind of perk uh, to jump in for. And then the other thing I want to apologize for is I don't have a guest this week again. Uh, and this week is probably going to be really, be- really busy for me to do that. I'm going to be traveling to uh, Las Vegas tomorrow uh, for work. I'm going to be really tied up quite a bit this week. So if you shoot me a DM on I on instant message. Instant message. Listen to me. I feel like I'm in the the '90s again on on AOL or the 2000s. If you shoot me a message on Instagram, a DM, bear with me. Give me some time. I will get back to you um, with whatever it may be. I do need you guys to help me though and get me more hobby rants or more hobby kind of um, what was I going to say? Hobby questions. So that'll help kind of the more interactions. Oh, one thing. One kind of quick. Quick little rant uh, from the show yesterday, too. I was at the show yesterday. I noticed the card in a display. Um, in a display from a dealer. It was a 2019-20 uh, Tops Match Attacks. Print me rookie Erling Holland mold. And I want to kind of give you guys a warning on this card. These cards aren't necessarily fake, but they're not really authentic cards. So do not buy this card and expect to make tons of money. There are some listed on eBay, which is absolutely ridiculous, um, along with kind of the same mold as that Joan Felix that you've seen, the Benfica one, where he looks really young. Those are cards that are printed on demand, so they print them continuously forever and ever and ever. Don't bother wasting your money on that. It's not worth it. Uh, especially the ones I've seen on eBay at $798. I'm kind of like somebody's going to fall in that trap and they're going to buy that and they're going to get stuck with a card that's going to be kind of worthless. So that's kind of my hobby rant. Um, and yesterday I questioned the dealer on and I said, well, why, where'd you get that card from? He's like, why? And so 
you know, automatically that should be kind of a, a red flag. If the dealer is asking why, if you can't answer the question right away, just move on from that. Don't don't even entertain it or entertain even talking about the card or trying to buy. I explained to him that that card's a print on demand print run where it's going to continuously print and print and print and print and print. Disagreed, but hey, teach their own. It's all good. But just a quick little kind of hobby rant, hobby snippet there that um, some of you may be looking at or have thought about buying and, and why you shouldn't buy it. So that'll be it uh, for the episode. I will be it might i may even add on to this episode for my pickups for today or i'll just go to instagram live uh later today with kind of doing a recap of the show of my second day of the saturday here and we'll go from there but again i thank you guys for supporting i appreciate all that come into the breaks if you want to come into a break just shoot me a dm we'll get you on that list and reserve you um for the same club chrome that's coming up and then lastly um, again, spreading the word helps me give me good reviews, obviously don't give me bad reviews and, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Enjoy the Shafir at Dallas. Make sure you guys say hi, hit me a D shoot me a DM. We can meet up too and talk and chill. Um, shoot me a DM. And, um, but if you are at Dallas, enjoy the show, be safe. Uh, if you're not at Dallas, be safe, protect yourself, protect your family, take care of yourself, take care of your kids, everything. All right, guys. Again, again, much love to all of you guys. I appreciate you guys supporting me. Take care.